0: Hello and welcome back to Yellowstoners. That's right. A new season of Yellowstone is upon us. So our podcast dedicated to getting high on drama, digging into the Duttons and everything Yellowstone has returned. I'm your co-host, Mike D'Angelo, and joining me as always is editor-in-chief of the Playlist Rodrigo Perez. For the uninitiated, Yellowstone follows the Dutton family patriarch, John Dutton, played by Kevin Costner, as he struggles to keep his family ranch and just family together by any means necessary as he's besieged by corporate interests and the local indigenous population and Hollywood and many others along the way. Today, we plan on throwing our ropes around episodes one and two of season five, which premiered on Paramount Network. On Sunday, November 13th, and afterwards, we're going to have a bit of a rewind with some interviews I did this summer while Season 5 was filming. So if you missed them, we're going to give everyone a chance to listen to my conversations with Beth and Rip. That's right, Kelly Riley and Cole Hauser will be on the podcast today. But before we jump into all that, I've got to tell you that Yellowstoners is a part of the Playlist Podcast Network, which includes the Playlist Podcast, Bingeworthy, The Discourse, The Rogue Ones, Deep Focus, The Fourth Wall, and more. We can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, WordPress wherever you find your favorite shows. Be sure to like and subscribe to the Playlist Podcast Network to get this show and all of those that I just mentioned. Also, drop us a rating or a comment as we do appreciate it. All right, Rodrigo, we have seen the first couple episodes of season one and by the time this episode airs, so will the general public. Season four started with a bang. Season five kind of maybe more of a slow gallop, I would say. We have John Dutton winning the governorship officially and his initial days in office learning the ropes. We have the tragedy with baby John in Camp Casey and Monica. Beth basically seems to be trying to not implode at every second while Rip (laughs) does, you know, Rip shit. Jamie's being held prisoner. Thomas Rainwater's being pressured by his people when his deal when the deal goes south, market equities is fuming. But with all that said, like that sounds like a lot, but it kind of feels a little slow and steady,
1: more of the same, right? A little bit, yeah. I mean, you know, the benefit of season four, the beginning of it was because it season three left on a cliffhanger, right? right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, Kevin Costner's uh, uh, John Dunton was shot at the end of season three in a big attack that, you know, attacked the whole family, right. So they left on this big cliffhanger. And so season four definitely opened up with this crazy bang and they don't have this here. So it's hard to compare to the two, but yeah, you know, this is sort of like slowly getting on its feet. It's going to be slightly different because, you know, now he's the governor and he's like that that's essentially what it's about right now is him, you know, going to have to learn the ropes of something completely new, which is, uh, you know, obviously testing and challenging to him because he, likes to do things. John Dutton likes to do things the way he likes to do them on his timetable and aggressively. And, you know, the uh, his role in government is different. It's more about compromise and it's more about, you know, favors yeah. and things like that. And, you know, I don't know if it's super compelling quite yet, but I think the idea that he could learn this uh, pretty hard lesson of like, Look, I know you want to live life on your own terms and, and, and every, you know, every way he behaves and makes decisions and choices or whatever has always been on her, his terms because he can, right. but I think maybe here he's going to get into like kind of a rude awakening situation and realizing that, and especially he likes to move with such speed and authority and, and, and just like, yeah, let's get it shit done. It's like the government doesn't work in that same way. And yeah. That's a lot of what
0: episode two was about, you know, him just saying, let's do this, let's do this. And everybody coming at him, like, that's not how this
1: works, man. Right. Uh, Well, there's also more consequences involved. There's like myriad spiraling out consequences uh, compared to most, you know, the cause and effect of most of his decisions are usually one-to-one. Like, you know, I kill these people, they're going to come back and get me. But that's where it is. Whereas, you know, the government stuff, it's like, well, you know, we promised it to this person, and then there's con- there's contract here, and this and that, and so as maybe as if it's not quite up to speed yet, um, which I agree with. I, I think it potentially could still have some interesting, like, you know, you got to present, especially five seasons in, you got to present new challenges to new characters or to to old characters and and characters we know. If you want to keep your show healthy, any kind of show healthy, you have to keep creating challenges for characters. And doing so in a way that doesn't feel contrived, right? Like mm-hmm. you can't just like, I don't know, I can't say that the random car accident with a buffalo or whatever is that not. That was a you know,
0: bit strange, wasn't it?
1: The not not was my, that's the kind of like, I don't really love that kind of challenge. That's more just like a random happenstance kind of thing. Right. Um, that's not my favorite kind of thing. I, you know, I mean, like you were saying at the beginning, like you were, you were talking about, who John Duttons always or who the, the 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 Dutton family's always battling and the answer really is though everybody continuously and always like yeah. <laughs> it's it's like they're always going to be in a battle with everybody because they are not because of their contentious people and not because they they're pugilistic and like to fight but because they are in living in the past and they want the present and the future to adhere to the past That's what I I do like about the show. I think the writing at least is thoughtful in that sense. And thematically, it's always about that, right? And even thematically, you know, they they basically said it, you know, everybody, or at least John Dutton realizes he's living on borrowed time. He knows he cannot prevent progress. He knows he cannot prevent the future, but he knows it's coming and he knows essentially their way of life will be obsolete one day. But he is, you know, with his dying breath, is trying to continue their way of life, which is essentially old school, like 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe way of living. But, you know, things are changing and he's he's always going to be uh, against progress. He's going to always be against the future. And they want to, you know, keep their way of life, which is in the, in, in many ways traditional but also in many ways selfish so that's like a, a, at least at the at the very end of the day no matter how similar it gets that's always an intriguing concept to that end i suppose you've really we we i don't know if we've seen do have we seen a whole new set of challenges for every new character yet no not quite you know, yeah i think, I think and, and, and and to be fair we're just getting started right like it's it's gearing up again it's a new season things have changed so we've seen a very concrete and specific challenge for john dutton We've seen a very concrete and specific challenge for uh, Casey and his family. But mm-hmm. I think for everybody else, those other challenges have not ar- arisen yet. And to be well, fair, I think it might be contrived if every single person had like a, a major, you know, here's here's Rip's challenge and here's this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think there. I think the beauty of of trying to balance a show like this and, you know, maintain suspension of belief of disbelief so things aren't contrived as some challenges are micro and some are macro and some are mm-hmm. some are small right
0: and we also know you know where things are going to we know what jamie's going to be you know he's going to be the one that market equities tries to turn and obviously yeah. rip is dealing with the whole like wolf and those tags and trying to keep right, his men that's out like of prison smaller scale right yeah exactly that's a smaller scale stuff What do you make of like all the infighting that uh, Gil Birmingham is dealing with on the native side?
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I always like, I really like Gil. I like that character. I like the whole native indigenous side of Yellowstone quite a bit. So if they're really setting up like, you know, some sort of like internal dispute, I think that's great because I, I've just really enjoyed all those characters. I love Mo as well. And Mo seems to be stepping up and, and, you know, the I forget the name of the female character, but she's the I believe she's that girl who was in um, Terrence Malick's New World when she was younger. Right. She looks so much different now because she was such a like baby back then. Oh, really? But wow. Yeah, I believe that's her. I, I I'm not even going to try and pronounce her name because I'll butcher it. It's very it's hard to say, but I believe like that's Koryanka. Her. Yeah, something like that. Um, uh, I believe it's she's the same girl from the the New World. Um, you know, that was her debut role. I think she was like 17 or something at the time, but yeah, she's, you know, terrific. And, and I love, I I love, I love seeing that they're going to give them some life in their own thing. I'm cool about that because I like those characters and I want to see them have some sort of thing. That's not just them going after John Dutton. I like that, that they're in the fabric of the show, but not everybody else really has a, a thing going on yet, which is fine. You know, it's like, you can only go up against Markwood equities or, equity marketing whoever the next (laughs) company is like you can only do that so many times so i think i mean we'll see how it goes but and it's weird because you know we've already done five seasons of this show but i think to maybe to the show since they got that sag nomination and since the media has been like started to like pay attention to them after seasons four and five i don't know like i I think you've got to kind of like either wrap it up or really do some drastic stuff, like kill some characters, which I think would be very hard for them, because I think all these characters in this milieu to this universe are pretty like iconic. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they'd want to do that. But like for the health of this ecosystem, if they're going to try and keep things fresh, I think they need to do some like major kind of things. Otherwise, it's just going to be who's the new challenger every season to try and take down the Duttons. And even in the storytelling, like, you know, I think, you know, what would be something would be really drastic or something as if like, you know, John Denton resigns in the middle of it or is forced out or something, you know what I mean? Like you got to take some, I think, I think you got to take some big swings and I don't know if they will, but that's how I kind of feel about it because it's, it is, you know, we're five seasons in and the remit of the show is not change our, our way of life and protect our land. How many different iterations of that can you do? Like what more can we think of? <laughs> Either than a meteor hitting the fucking land or something huge. Like, you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. That and there's the whole Taylor Sheridan of it all. Like, he's stretched so thin at this point that he's not on set all the time anymore. I think this is the first season where he isn't on set like 24 seven. So he's not there writing the ship the whole time. That could be also, you know, where we're feeling like maybe someone just wants to keep it the same. I don't know. He's still writing the scripts technically. But yeah, uh,
1: he does have a lot on his plate now, man. The amount of shows that are coming that we there's still what we've seen versus what's coming. What's coming is still massive.
0: Yeah, I think 1932 premieres next month, doesn't it?
1: Something like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then season two of Mayor of Kingstown is coming. Tulsa uh, King. She, Tulsa King is right around the corner. We've seen that as well. Yep. Um, So far, that's not connected to Yellowstone, although there has been talk that it might. And 1883 is uh, is coming in some sort of form. I'm, I think we're not completely sure whether it's see a proper season two or it's Bass Reeves. I, I think that's unclear. Plans may have changed, but there's, there's a lot of stuff on the horizon, right?
0: Yeah. Taylor's a busy, busy guy. I don't know how much involvement he even has in the show anymore. That's just kind of what I got. What I was going for is he's got so many plates spinning.
1: Well, he is, he is starting to delegate. He did hire a, a completely new showrunner for the Tulsa King, which was parents winter. Yes. The great Terrence winter from boardwalk empire. Um, mm-hmm and and uh, Martin Scorsese fame who wrote Wall, Wolf of Wall Street and and has worked uh, and and did vinyl and worked really closely with a lot of Martin Scorsese television and and obviously the film as well so i mean that's a really super welcome thing and uh and you know there was that piece this summer that said you know that's where he's he's sort of looking ahead to life as to like you know he's got to delegate he's got to hire showrunners and and i'm sure he's helping people get up on their feet but then they kind of got to do their own thing because you can't be a you can't you know you can't have eight shows on the air as, as there will be at one point and be running all of them at the same time.
0: Either way, lots of Yellowstone content coming <laughs> or Taylor Sheridan related. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly the Sheridan verse on Paramount Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Let's set up our interviews. First up, we're gonna hear my interview with Kelly Riley, and then afterwards, we're gonna get into the one-on-one I had with Cole Hauser both were pretty much just about their characters and their experiences in general. So it's not like we're going over like season four plot points or whatever it is. It's a pretty timeless Yellowstone-centric uh, interview. So both of which, they were super kind, super generous with their time. They were both in the middle of shooting, I think these episodes, these first episodes of season five. Um, and and Kelly did kind of tease it all the way back then and they t- made us take it out. But I put it back in for these ones since we know what's, what's yeah, going that- on.
1: Yeah, that's perfectly fine. And that's cool because I mean, Kelly and, 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 and Cole or Rip and Beth are like two of the the, the best characters, you know? So that's pretty awesome that, that we've spoken to them and, you know, they're both so big and loud and vibrant. They really are like the beating heart of the show after John. So that's really cool. I'm glad we got them. And yeah, it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. We, we should reach out to Kelly again. She does say it in the interview that you guys need to reach out in November and we'll talk for, for a longer time. So hopefully we can arrange that in the near future. If you missed it, Yellowstone Season 5 premiered on November 13th, with the first two episodes airing on Paramount Network. Stay tuned in the coming weeks, as we'll be circling back to discuss the season as it airs, as well as give you exclusive interviews with cast members like... Kelly Riley and Cole Hauser. Uh, So far, we've had conversations also with Wes Bentley. He's going to be on an upcoming episode. Gil Birmingham. All of those people are are going to be circling around in upcoming episodes. So many more coming this season. Don't forget to subscribe to the Playlist Podcast Network to get those, as well as our Andor podcast, The Rogue Ones. If you're really into that one, I suggest checking that out, as well as our, our other podcasts. Okay. First up, you're going to hear my chat with Kelly Riley. You might be surprised to hear that she's a very kind British woman if you didn't know her as anything but Beth. Uh, So don't be too scared. Uh, Followed by Rip himself, Cole Hauser. For Rodrigo and myself, thank you for listening and stay off our ranch. want to start by thanking you for giving me your time today I really appreciate it as I told you one of your co-stars Cole Hauser last week me and my editor-in-chief are huge Yellowstone fans at the playlist to the point where we have our own Yellowstone podcast when things are on the air so yeah it's called Yellowstoners and we've never gotten stoned during it which we should but you know (laughs) just watch the show you know ripped out of our minds but you know one of these days it'll happen. But all this to say you're in the right place. And I'm very thrilled to to speak with you.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I'm I'm honored that you guys are such fans of the show. It's it's people like you that have made this show successful for us and we get to keep doing it. And um it's not lost on any of us, you know, when the you know the critics didn't they didn't go for it, but the audience did and uh it's been quite satisfying, you know. Yeah. And now here we are, just about to go into our season five and and we're, you know, we're so proud of it. We we all work tremendously hard on it. We really care about it. And um, it's, it's so exciting to be on something that people have. You're going on a journey with an audience, really. They know your characters so well now. Um, people come up to me and they just want to talk to me about my character. And it's really that level of sort of interaction I've never had before. And it's all about the work. And it's deeply satisfying.
0: Yeah, the show has had one hell of a trajectory. Like, it's always had a dedicated fan base, but things have really exploded over the past couple of years uh, because people have been able to catch up. Does that change anything? Like, the vibe on set, is there confidence going in with everybody? Or is it just like, let's let's just keep this train rolling?
2: Well, it's a bit of both. I think there's always danger of kind of, you know, going, ha-ha, we're a success, <laughs> you know? And I don't think any of us... Um, I think because we're all older actors, you know, a bit like so we, we've all had a taste of success somewhere in our career. Right. So you don't want to take that for granted. And, and if anything, you know, Kevin is very um, he's so rooted in the work and just constantly wanting every scene to land and everything to be incredibly truthful. And to and, and the biggest danger would be for us to just suddenly think, oh, aren't we the bee's knees you know that's not where great work comes from in my experience the best work I've ever done comes out of deep anxiety of whether I'm gonna (laughs) mess it up um usually that's sort of um leading attributor to that but I I do there is something about this year because we didn't we didn't shoot last year because they they, they made 1883 um which yeah. I'm sure you know so we had a year away which was actually really really nice because I got to go back and work in Europe where I'm from and uh and have a bit of a life and just step away from Beth for a minute you know she's big energy <laughs> and um <laughs> and and <laughs> so um now coming back to her and the bitterroot valley where we film um and this wonderful it's all the crew from actually season one and season two they're all back and um and the cast which feels like its own family and we all know each other so well now it and and having the success i think we're all we all feel supremely grateful i don't want to sound too like soft but it it's true like it's um It, there's something about it that we're like the work, the hard work is paying off because people are loving it and it's exciting, but it does make you want to just do better. It makes you want to keep everyone happy. It makes you want to dig even deeper. It makes you want to, it makes you strive. I remember reading a quote by Robert Redford and he says, once you get to that red light of success Whatever you do, don't stop. Just put your foot down on the accelerator and drive right through it. (laughs) That's awesome. And I love that quote because I just, I get it. It's like, if the minute you think you've got something, it's like, it's almost like the devil on your shoulder, you know, it'll get taken away. So I, I, it's just about keeping it fresh Keeping it fresh for yourself, for each other, and finding what's new in the scripts this year that you haven't explored before, obviously giving them the old songs that everyone loves. <laughs> um, but uh, but finding, finding even more out about these characters and, and, and the writing is as great as ever by Taylor Sheridan.
0: Taylor has not let us down yet, and it, with all the plates he's spinning and everything. But if you will indulge me a bit here, can we go back to the, when you first got the part of Beth, did this come to you or were you actively pursuing this? Did you know Taylor, were you pursuing it because of him?
2: Um, it was a bit of both. I mean, I remember, I remember when I first, you know, you get sent scripts to to sort of then decide if you want to put yourself on tape for or go for. And I been sent this script, Yellowstone, and I, I knew Taylor Sheridan's work. I hit, um, he had just won Best Director at Cannes for Wind River. And yeah. I hadn't seen Wind River yet, hadn't been out. But I remember, obviously, I had seen Sicario.
0: Yeah, great movie. Which
2: I loved and, and heard his story that he was an actor um, and then sort of turned writer. And obviously, that was the lane he was meant to be in. And then he owned the entire highway. You know, it's like reinvented it of his own. It, he, he writes with such, you know, energy and aliveness. and I, and then I listened to him do his acceptance speech at Cannes and it was about, um, the native American, the, the women that have gone missing and mm-hmm. their stories. And, and it was so connected to a heartline for me that I was like, wow, this man, he writes about ferocity and he writes a bunch of killers and he writes about the land and something, there's something so harsh and wild and true about his writing, but it's so, and, and loss and grief. And, uh, and he, and, and then there's a sort of poetry with the savagery. And I just, I just remember thinking, oh, this is, this is a really, this is one of the great ones. And I think every actor just wants to work with people that they admire. I wanted to be part of something. Um, I, I I never became an actor to be, you know, to be known or seen. It was more just about for me it's like full immersion into the work and losing myself in the work is the magic and the gift and what i enjoy but you you can only do that if the writing is good you know yeah and so to answer your question sorry <laughs> i did pursue it i did read it and have a visceral reaction to death um i loved her i was like she's the most audacious savage i've ever read i was like intrigued by her and terrified of her and she's so wildly different from myself and my life and that's always intriguing and so I had a phone call I had a phone call with Taylor and I just spoke from my heart about what I thought about her and why I needed to play her and then I met him and we kind of read the scenes through and I hadn't found her yet so I'm surprised he didn't you know I'm surprised he gave me the role because I hadn't found her and then he just filled me up with her. And like, I would listen to him talk about her and he would just give me the time to just explain who she was. And, and I have notebooks, those notebooks filled with what he would talk to me about. And, um, it was so revealing. I just knew, then I knew what the river was. I just had to have the confidence to go into it. And then it was like, I remember the moment I got into my car and I lit a cigarette. I don't smoke and pulled my (laughs) skirt up a little bit too high. And put my foot down on the accelerator a bit and uh, and I felt her and I was like there she is and I knew that's where she came from she came from this place of fire and he calls her um Taylor calls Beth he used to call her this anyway uh sad dynamite
0: she's like she's she's basically a human wrecking ball at some points and (laughs) yeah probably one of the craziest characters I've seen on TV and I love Beth so much like you can't I've interviewed a lot of people from either 1883 or yellowstone and every time i end the show uh, or end with saying who's your favorite character and it's almost always beth or rip um so it's a real a real testament to what you and taylor uh and cole have done together just creating these uh iconic characters in this very interesting love story and just this person who gets to say the craziest shit i've ever heard on television
2: (laughs) oh i know those one-liners they are Mm -hmm. phenomenal i mean um i I literally see those lines on t-shirts you know Um, and i'm in an airport and i've got my hat on and my glasses on and I'll see a woman with the t-shirt on, and and I had fun the other day going up to someone and just saying the line to her. <laughs> she was going to drop dead, you know, the tornado one. It was so fun. Um oh, but yeah. yeah, these characters. I mean, she is. I I agree. She's she is the nuttiest, wildest thunderstorm, and I I I love. I mean, what a gift. It's such yeah. a gift.
0: I have to assume, like, I'm just picturing fans coming up to you. Do they ever get whiplash? Because you are so completely opposite from what she is. It just seems like people would be, like, taken aback. Do you ever see people, like, have to adjust?
2: Well, certainly when I am um, maybe nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm quite friendly. Um yeah. And, I, and also I, my accent, I sound very different to Beth. So yeah, there is, and because they didn't have any preconceived ideas of me, it's not like I'm a famous actress that they see suddenly transforming into a character. They didn't know who who I was, um, most people, right? So, um, and now all of a sudden they just, they expect me to be her. And, um, you know, it's fun to be able to turn that on when you need to, but I keep her firmly in a padlocked box I use that terminology a lot about her that I, <laughs> I keep a lot away because she, if I, if I lived my life, the way she did, I, you know, it's, it's not sustainable. And and um, <laughs> she's better off in the world of make-believe, you know, because she's free in make-believe it's mm. not a character that could, she's a fantasy, you know, um, uh, of, of, of good and bad. And uh, I, I, and my job as the actor is to really try and ground that and make it look like it could be something you could be. And aspects of it, surely, yes, I do. I do get quite strange looks when when, <laughs> when you hear my voice, definitely, which is is really a relief because it's a
0: compliment, if any. Yeah, way.
2: I work really hard on the dialect, and um, that's something. But um, you know, I've always thought I'm a character actress, so the transformation is part of it. You know, they don't know that I just normally dress like a teenage boy and. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a recluse. So it's, um, I, yeah, I don't drink or smoke or like, I'm just, it's just not who I am at all. Um, so it's fun that they they, they want to project that onto me a little bit, you know, they expect it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they're almost upset that you aren't saying mean things yeah to them it's totally time.
2: disappointing they're so disappointed <laughs> and it's so funny I got asked to do like cameo which I was like yeah I'm not going to do that it's embarrassing but I did I was like they don't want me if I went on cameo they don't want me they want Beth
0: <laughs> you'd have to do it in character yeah I'd have to sure. do it in
2: character it's like if you like I should have two options like me at like 20 dollars, and Beth is like 300 <laughs>
0: uh <laughs> Uh, I know
2: it would make more money, but mm-hmm. I don't have Taylor's lines in my head. You know, he's the, he's Beth really, you know? Yeah.
0: That's, that's funny to think about as well. And, <laughs> and he's got all these lines that are coming out uh, of your mouth. Do you ever have a hard time like getting these out without breaking or are you breaking your, your cast members with these things?
2: Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. Sometimes we have a bit of fun, you know, but they, you know, they, they've come to expect it as well. And It's actually more about sitting on it now. You don't want to lean into it too much because Mm. then it can become caricature. So as an actor, I'm always trying to um, know when to to blow it up and when to sit on it. And so that's the sort of fine line of her. How do we keep her true to herself and make her someone that you don't get exhausted by? So... (laughs) Um, <laughs> so I, I just want to keep her real and, 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 and someone that you can, and that's also Taylor's job. You know, he's mm-hmm. the one that's figuring out what the temperature is and, and, and the gauge of where Beth, where I find Beth truthfully is, uh is usually when it feels too much, that's where she is. Um, <laughs> just when I think I've gone too far. Um, that's the, that's where he's like, perfect. The actor in me, the, the storyteller in me, I'm, I'm really more interested in what's sort of going on in her, in her heart uh every now and then he gives me the opportunity where you can sort of peek into the into it and see the the, the woman and the broken shattered heart that is there and the loss and uh why she does when well, I mean, we've hardly talked really about why she does what she does but i'll have to come back on to yellowstoners for the beginning of. Season, okay <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so reach out nearer the time, and let's have let's have let's have an hour where we can sit and chat properly. I'd like to do that with you. Um, we can talk about what's to come in season five, and I'd love to share that with your with your fellow. Yeah, do you have
0: any teas uh, before we go?
2: Uh, I think I'm allowed to say this. Well, fuck it. I don't know if I am, but I've said it. i four interviews, and they didn't brief me, so I can say this. But um, so we have a new governor,
3: which oh. I think is
2: really teased up the end of season four. So yeah, um, JD is governor of Montana and Beth is his campaign manager pretty much, you know, so she is the woman behind the man,
0: the <laughs> so tornado to behind the man. Yeah. Yep.
2: And, uh, and she's feeling pretty proud of him and she's going in, she's a married woman and she's feeling like uh, she's owning Jamie, he's under control. And, uh, and they're just going forward with being able to do things and take care of things in a way that she didn't see that she would be able to maintain and protect as the people who wanted to steal the land take you know build the cities it was becoming she couldn't control it she couldn't hold them off anymore and him by him becoming governor i think made her uh, feel that there's a, a bit of relief because she's able to he's able to by being in that position make decisions and create a path for them to stay where they are and to hold off these people so it's a gone up a level gone up and it's fun to play it's a lot of fun i can't wait
0: and i will just say before you go favorite yellowstone character and you can't pick ripper beth so there you go jd oh there we go nothing wrong with a little kevin costner i will say
2: (laughs) i i love watching him i love watching his face i there's such a beaten up quality to him in this show that i love uh sort of defeated and uh he's yeah i love the character i love what he's done with it i love how he's written you know, he's a he's is he a terrible father? Is he a wonderful father? It's like, and that's what's so good about all these characters—they sort of exist in the gray area. You know, yes. they're not idle or. So, yeah. and that's you know, what well, I love
0: about Beth too. They've given her such interesting stuff with the family of it all here with Carter with Rip. But yeah, uh, I, I'm really I'm a huge Beth fan, and I know you got to go here, so I'll just say. Still one of the best characters on TV. I can't wait to see uh, what is in store.
2: I really appreciate that, and I look forward to speaking to you and the Stoners uh, in November. (laughs) Let's do it.
0: Right, that sounds good. I appreciate it. All right, pleasure. Bye, Kelly.
2: Bye. Take care.
0: You too. thanks for giving me your time today yeah man
3: good to, uh, good to be here with you um, awesome how's things going
0: things are going really well uh, i'll be straight up with you my editor-in-chief and i are big yellowstone fans
3: it's always nice to hear
0: exactly when you know when the show's airing we host a yellowstone podcast called yellowstoners where we've sadly yet to be stoned <laughs> um but you know maybe someday uh, maybe someday we'll get ripped for one of them uh, so to speak, we um, got all
3: kinds of good stuff going on over there. All right, <laughs> yeah, <like it. laughs> that's right.
0: So uh, all that to say, you're in the right place, and I'm thrilled to speak cool. with you. So you as well, um, thanks, man. Awesome. So if you will indulge me, uh, let's just go back to when you first got this, you know, part of RIP. Did it come mm-hmm. to you? Did you actively pursue it? Where was that journey for you?
3: So John Linson I've uh, known for 25 years. He's the co-creator of Yellowstone, and yeah he had spoken to me about it, you know, originally I think it was on HBO and then that got pulled and then they went to Paramount and I, had, from afar, watched Taylor Sheridan's work, you know, as a writer, I mean, uh, Sicario was one of my favorite films, you
0: know,
3: seven years ago. So, and I just thought he was tackling some really kind of special stuff down there on the border and, you know, he's, he's just a, he's a great writer. So I just, you know, as soon as I heard his name and then there was, you know, talk of Kevin and. And I was like, wow, OK, let me look at this thing. So I looked at it and I think initially, you know, the idea was to play maybe one of Kevin's sons, you know. And I as I was reading the script, you know, this this character of Rip kept popping up and I'm thinking now this is the guy. Yeah. You know, there's something really loyal and beautiful about him. He's a throwback character, which I don't feel like we've seen in a very long time. You know, and he's got, you know, obviously a pretty insane intensity to him and, you know, the things he does. But he also, you know, there was a glimpse of kind of the future of where Taylor was going to go as far as his heart was concerned. So I just thought it was a beautifully written role. It wasn't, you know, at the time it didn't have a, a ton of time on, on camera. But, you know, as I got to know Taylor and, and we became great friends, uh,
0: you know, the more and more he started writing, you know, and, and loving the character. Yeah, man. Rip went on one hell of a journey, and ultimately, he is a Dutton pretty much. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean,
3: it's. I mean, look, in, in many respects, and I think John said it. You know, John didn't said it to him. You know, he's right. been as much a son to him as any of his other sons or daughters. So, you know, um, uh, yeah, I think Absolutely. he treats him that way. Although he's he's a little, you know, I think Rip learned a lot of his ways through John. John's, a, you know, he he's tough
0: love. Yeah, hundred percent. And when you join on with with Taylor's shows these days, he famously holds a, a cowboy camp for his cast. Did he have it yeah. all the way back then? Oh, god!
3: When yeah. you joined, it was oh, it was absolutely insane. Yeah, <laughs> we went up to the the mountains of Utah uh, with Jake Greal and his brother, and he left us out there for seven days. You know, and we basically <laughs> slept on rocks. <laughs> you know, and really learned how to. You know, do everything you can do on a horse, you know, uh, go down mountains, up them rivers, swim with them. I mean, you know, these guys are the real deal. They've been in Utah for over 100 years and all they've been doing is cowboying. So to them, it's just another day. But for us actors, it was uh, just an amazing experience.
0: Yeah. Maybe he's refined it a bit. I was speaking with Isabel May, who does 1883. And she was saying <laughs> yeah. that it was arduous, but ultimately she got to go to like her air-conditioned B and B, or she would stay with mm. Taylor. So it's, I guess you got a little harder of a treatment there, sleeping on rocks with all that.
3: Yeah, you know his cowboy camps with Yellowstone are, are I'm sure, a lot tougher. But he expects a lot from us, you know, especially me, and also you know Ian Bowen. I mean, uh, Denim Richards. You know, all, all of these guys. You know, obviously Fourier, You know, he's he is the real deal. So he's not you know actively. Um, around as much but you know for us you know actors I mean he he doesn't see it as you you know have a past for not knowing how to do this you got to do it you got to do yeah, it like absolutely. they do it <laughs> and so you you got to put in the time and it's all about saddle time you know to be good at anything in life obviously you need to study and work but repetition on
0: being on a horse is the is key to success Sure. Did you have, you know, when you're looking back all the way to the beginning, there, did you have any inkling idea or idea what this show would become, or was it just another job for a while, where you're just like, I like this part, but who knows what's gonna, if anybody's gonna see this? I mean, the the pieces were in place for it to be successful from the
3: from the onset. You know, I I think. I mean, obviously, my friend John is. Phenomenal. I mean, his taste is, I think, unbelievable when it comes to, you know, television. I mean, look at the, the history and even in independent film. And then Taylor's writing, Kevin, who's just, you know, he's a he's a Western iconic, you know, hero, <laughs> you know, who's done some of the most beautiful work in the last, you know, 30, 40 years um, when it comes to the American backdrop in the West. So, you know, and then Kelly Riley, I mean, you know, the list goes on, oh, man. Man. West Bentley, you know, uh, Luke Grimes. I mean, start putting gill you know birmingham and you start putting all those things together you're going to get fireworks
0: you know when when would you say you started to realize that this was really connecting with people was there a certain season where you're like oh shit people are really connecting here
3: well you know i mean initially it was more of a grassroots kind of feel you know which i i I think that's why this the show has had you know the success it's had is, is that it's really built like a core family you know what I mean and then it's built it kind of if it started in the middle of the country it's built its way finally to the edges in Los Angeles and New York like those people are actually watching it and for many years you know it wasn't that way but I think you know after year one and the premiere of the show you know you just and I you know we were in Montana and, and Utah and Texas I mean these are places that people love this kind of stuff so I always felt like it was it was doing really well.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you know,
3: it's just it's getting more attention now that's
0: all you know? yeah it's getting bigger and bigger and and given that you know it's starting to peak with the mainstream with its first SAG nomination you know the greater public attention mm-hmm. like you said the coasts are starting to pay attention does it yeah. give the thing a new lease on life in terms of how long it can go I know Taylor said it was it was limited he knew where it was going is yeah. he starting to think maybe we can push this further or is he like we're still moving towards this end point I mean
3: I, I think it's a tough one, I think it's a tough one for him to you know this is his baby, so it's like yeah. you know when I talk to him, I mean he's got a great affinity for all of us, the show, and what ultimately I think it was in his head that he told me years ago, yeah, could it end there? Yeah, sure, it could you know mm-hmm. and and it would be great, but why stop you know a train that is really doing unbelievable stuff and really I think entertaining the country and, and yeah. soon to be hopefully europe and Asia and all over, you know. It's again, it's it's caught lightning in a bottle, you know. So it's good to be part of something like that.
0: Yeah, and we're all crazy about Taylor here as well. Uh, we're all, also just kind of like enamored with how the hell he's doing the amount of work that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if you watch any of his other shows. Do you watch, you know, like Mayor of Kingstown or 1883 or whatever else he's he's working on? Are, are you looking I, to I, appear in any of them?
3: <laughs> That'd be no. Point. Definitely not up here. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> we'd have to change. I guess I could change my look. I mean, but we've talked about stuff that's other than Yellowstone to do together a lot. You know, absolutely, certainly not while I'm doing Yellowstone. Um, but uh, yes, I've watched Mayor. I thought it was phenomenal. It's urban. You know, it's totally different. The look, everything was really, really well done. Um, obviously, Michael Friedman, who who works on this, you know, helped produced that as well and he's a dear friend and then i watched 1883 and you know it's um i mean listen everything he's doing he's getting the 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 money that he needs to to tell the stories that he wants to tell and he's making them beautiful you
0: know and he's painting these wonderful canvases that america is you know fortunate enough to see it's really impressive that you know he's able to juggle all this and not lose quality because all of them are firing on all cylinders it's crazy Mm -hmm. And you mentioned it before, your cast, the the yeah. co-stars that you have is absolutely stacked, but obviously yeah. Kevin Costner is Kevin Costner. It's a big deal for mm-hmm. anyone to work with him, even yeah. with a career as long as yours. Uh, what kind of tone does he strike on set? And, you know, have you tried to get any, you know, crazy good stories out of him about, you know, some of the the big hits he's had? First
3: of all, you know he's he's just a wonderful human being. First, you know, uh, you know he's from Ventura, California. I'm from Santa Barbara, so we kind of hit it off. We're both, you know, Cali guys, and and uh, our high schools used to battle, you know, together. Obviously, he's a little older than me, but um, but uh, you know, he, he we would talk a lot of smack, uh, and so <laughs> that's kind of how I got to know him. And then uh, I think the most impressive thing about Kevin to me is how much he still cares. And I think, you know, because now. I'm in a position where I'm 47 years old and these younger, like the young Rip uh, Carter, you know, on the show, like they're looking up to me kind of like I'm looking up to Kevin, you know, (laughs) know, and they've watched me since they were babies, you know, so you can tell they're a little nervous at first working with Kevin for me. It was just natural. I don't know. I, I, and, and the, the part that I play in Yellowstone is a very natural part for me when it comes to him, because my my natural instinct is if anybody fucked with him, I'd I'd want to kill him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he's just such a good guy. You know what I mean? I don't like people messing with good people. So so I just yeah, everything kind of fell into place very early on for him and I and and it's stayed that way.
0: You know, he, I consider him a dear friend and I think he, he thinks the same. and you kind of leaned towards the volatility of Rip there have people started to like either not approach you <laughs> or be a little afraid of you after this role? Because th- he is, he's like a live wire, man.
3: I've walked in a couple places and people have definitely like turned, looked and looked away. <laughs> <laughs> he knows where the train station is, I guess. Yeah. You know, but people have been very kind, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the guys and girls, I mean, both. And it's kind of interesting when you strike a chord, in both when you find a character that can do that because most of my career has been in military films or playing a cop or playing a killer or something you know and and you really usually get you know the people that are attracted to that stuff are guys but it it's definitely interesting how uh the females have definitely uh it's <laughs> i think it's more females than than i've ever seen in my career have come up to me versus men you know, and I've then, seen a lot so of fan
0: made rip t-shirts where it's they're, they're <laughs> filthy. I'll just say that.
3: <laughs> I haven't seen those ones, but I've seen a lot of
0: that stuff floating around. <laughs> yeah. And I think a lot of that speaks to the relationship that you and Kelly are able to build as Rip and Beth. Like yeah. obviously that this past season was huge for you guys. You finally tied the knot. You yeah. more or less adopted a son. So mm-hmm. there was a lot to come to terms with as a character and rip clearly you know, he wrestled with the Carter of it all. How mm-hmm. was it to kind of play that, and did you scare the living daylights out of little Finn, <laughs> who plays Carter?
3: There, I think his mother is scary than me, to be honest with you. She's, <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's one of those. Uh, she gets mad at you know. I don't. It's it's kind of like whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean. But um, listen, you know that relationship was interesting in the beginning because I I don't read like 10 scripts. I read one script at a time. I focus on that, you know, and I don't want to get too far ahead. And so I didn't really know where it was going. Mm You know, I mean, is am I really going to throw this kid off this ranch? You know what (laughs) I mean? And and leave him on the road. And so, you know, I just kind of rolled with it. And and you know, Finn's a wonderful young actor. And a lot of people want to compare him to, you know, Rip and he's a young version, but but I didn't see it that way. I think Rip's a total different animal. I mean I think what he's Gone through, and his life is totally uh, different than than what you know Carter has gone through. So, um, but I see the comparisons, and you know, ultimately, I think Finn is now like six feet. He's like <laughs> 185 pounds. <laughs> He's gonna be looking down at me before I know it. So, uh, you know, so there's gonna uh, be a
0: big change with season five, is what you're saying. <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting, you know, because you know these kids grow up. Even the the kid that plays Tate, I mean, he's now yeah. fourteen years old. You know, he started when he was nine. It's interesting to watch these these young kids grow.
0: And then obviously, you get the like we said, the pleasure of acting with Kelly Riley. Uh, mm-hmm. We absolutely adore her. How difficult is it to maintain composure when she's in full Beth mode? Because that seems like she's like a completely different person in real life. So it's got to be really jarring yeah. sometimes.
3: You know, honestly, I, I come from a home of three sisters that are crazy. So no, it's not jarring <laughs> at all.
0: <laughs> you feel more at home, sure than anything. Yeah,
3: Yes, actually, you know, I've, I've told her this several times. It's like, that's just the day in life of my household when I was a kid. My sisters would go off, you know, and start screaming at me or, you know, at each other. And it was just like, you know, it was mean and nasty. But so that's, you know, in fact, in many ways, Beth is like my sister, Vanessa. <laughs>
0: I like her already. Yeah. Can you I know you guys are in production now. Can you tease at all what's in store for, you know, the Rip, Beth and Carter story for season 5?
3: I mean, like I said, I've only read the first script and, you know, it's it's more of the same obviously. It's, you know, um, us together and, you know, working through stuff, but also John's, you know, moved on. So there's some stuff that I have to take care of, you know, at the ranch. So yeah, there's a lot of great stuff this year. I mean, I've heard through Taylor just explaining it to me where it goes and, and all the different things and the pressure, you know, and all that that starts to kind come, come down on us. So, you know, it's gonna be this is gonna be a badass year, really badass year.
0: Nice. I'm excited about it. Yeah. Nice. Obviously, this is a huge character for you, um, for your career, for whatever, you know, you might describe it as. Has it changed you as a person at all? Being able to live with a character like this for this long—does it soak into you after all this time?
3: No, I mean, i, I don't have black hair. I, you know, <laughs> I don't have a beard. <laughs> you know, um, when I'm done with this role, I shave it off. And with get that, rid of it. Back, yeah, get rid of it and go back and play dad. You know, cool. I got three kids. I'm married in Florida and happy, and you know, driving to school, just doing regular stuff now. The reaction has been, again, it's, it's you know, you, you probably get one or two of these in your career if you're lucky. And I've been lucky to have a few amazing, you know, roles throughout time, but this one is definitely uh, up there with the best.
0: Well, this one is a bit out of left field, but my editor was talking to me the other day when I said I was going to speak to you. And he said he heard something about, you know, Steven Spielberg going to bat for you early on in your career, which is yeah. pretty amazing to have, you know, just mentioned anywhere. I'm curious, yeah. how did that come to pass? Was it high incident that that the show? It was, were, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. After the
3: Rodney King beating uh, in LA, he wanted to do, create a show that showed police officers that are in LA in the right light. You know, I think a lot of, um, obviously he's, he's lived in California for a very long time, respects, you know, the, the LAPD. And, you know, obviously there were some bad apples, you know, when it came to, you know, what happened. But I think for him, he wanted to make sure that that it wasn't a generalization throughout the department. And, and so I, I went in to DreamWorks and I was told that he was going to be in the room. And I said, oh, great. I get to audition for Spielberg. This is great. And I'm a young kid and I'm 21 years old or something. <laughs> and I get there and the casting director and the producers are there. And I go, where's Steven? Oh, he's not going to make it. I said, he's not going to make it. I was told that he was going to be in the room. And lo and behold, I guess there was a camera, which I didn't see. He was upstairs and he came downstairs and opened the door. He goes, okay, well, here I am. Cole. And I said, oh, good. So I read the scene, read it a second time. He goes, that was fantastic. Thank you so much. And he goes, by the way, the only reason why I wasn't here is the last person that came in. She started crying because she was so nervous. And I said, oh, well, that's too bad for her. And I <laughs> walked off. Next thing I know that night, he, get, he gave me a call and he said, man, you know what? I just think the world, it, it, the role is yours. And I was like, wow, thanks. And then we started negotiating money. And I guess I wanted, I wanted the number to be $22,222 because I love twos. And he <laughs> called me back and he goes, I was offering you $25,000. I said, well, I want $22,222. And he goes, uh, okay, you got it. <laughs> you know, But we always kind of had that like tip for tat, you know? That's amazing. It's fun just, you know, look, I don't know how many people screw with Spielberg anymore, but I just, I think when, you, when you're real with people and, you know, and, and, and you have a little bit of fun, you know, uh, it loosens everybody up. So I don't know. It's just my philosophy
0: in life, I guess. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of which. Gotta have fun. Yeah, exactly. It's the point of everything. So yeah. let's throw all that aside and get to the hard-hitting question of the day, which is obviously Carter Verone. Is he, he returning to the Fast and the Furious franchise or what, right? Carter Verone. Ah, you know what? <laughs> I, I plead to
3: take the fifth right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I see how it is.
3: Okay. All right. We'll no, see. but I listen, I love that role. It was a fun role. And, and um, I would have thought, like, at some point that they would have come back and said, okay, well, he's out of jail, and he's coming after Tyrese, and, you know, da, da, da. And, but, yeah, it's just never happened for some reason. I don't know why, but it's too bad for I think, for a lot of reasons. I think the the audience wanted to see him come back. I know that I think they're only doing one more.
0: yeah, they're doing two they back to back, winning. I think, something
3: like that, yeah. yeah, so maybe we'll see. there's always a chance.
0: There's always reshoots. he comes back. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Definitely on Fast and the Furious, there's always reshoots. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh,
0: So I'll wrap with this. We always ask our Yellowstone and and 1883 guests who their favorite character on either series is. And it's almost always Rip or Beth. So, which are the correct answers, by the way. But let's take Rip and Beth off the table. Who would you choose if you had to choose a a, a character?
3: I mean, the easy one would be, say, Kevin. I mean, but it's not. It's going to be Foyer J. Smith. I
0: really
3: love, I love, watching him and he's gotten some really Taylor's given him some great stuff even last year. And I just, you know, he just screams reality. And I just, for me, it's, it's wonderful to see a guy who who's literally broken every bone in his body get a chance of, in the twilight of his life to go and, you know, play the most authentic character, I think on television, and you know, just because of what he's been through.
0: So, yeah. He's to, the real deal, man.
3: Yeah. I mean, you, you watch him walk. I mean, he's, I mean, he's busted and broken. So um, I'm just r- super happy for him. And he's getting, you know, he's getting an opportunity to do something that he was always loved. So I'm, I'm happy that he's, he's got that. So be, it would be Lloyd.
0: Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time with me. It was a, a pleasure to speak with you. I will let you get back to your day, but I look forward Thanks. to seeing the many seasons journey of, of Rip and Beth and all the Duttons uh, as they go. We're, we're huge Yellowstone fans here again. Well, thank so you so
3: much it. for watching, man.
0: I appreciate it. Awesome. hope you guys enjoy season five. Oh, I will.